0: Today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at SeatGeek, the best and easiest to use ticket platform out there. They take the confusion out of buying tickets using a 0-10 to scoring system and a green is good, red is bad color rating system so you and your loved ones get the best deal possible. So whether it's going to see our beloved Red Legs at Great American Ballpark, the Bengals over at Paycor, FC Cincinnati, one of the area college teams, or pretty much anything in between, use promo code Riverfront at checkout and receive $20 off your first order. Click the link in the show notes to download the app and get started. That's Riverfront, one word for 20 bucks off. really good actually that was really yeah. good yeah.
1: <laughs> my I name scare kids a lot
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're a dad you have to
1: i'm a dad i've got to scare kids a lot
0: absolutely my name is <laughs> tim daniel his name is ben brown and welcome to this week's edition of late night Rets, brought to you by our good friends here at the riverfront and our lovely family at patreon.com slash riverfront family where you can also be part of the fam we got a really, really fun episode here today. Um, I did not realize so we I made sure that we're taking off next week for the Bengals Bills game. Did mm-hmm. I didn't realize tonight we were going up against an FC Cincinnati playoff game? Maybe you should oh. know that stuff. Maybe you should know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It you know what? they're already up two nothing. People have clicked off. FC's already up two nothing. We're good. They're they're here watching us. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I hope so. Um Cool to see a Cincinnati team in the playoffs doing well, so that's nice. So we're rooting for FC Cincinnati to do their thing. I would love to be able to watch their games if it didn't consist of having to buy a subscription service and buy a subscription service inside a subscription service, but, you know, we'll get there. It's a little
1: complicated. It's a little complicated. It's
0: a little complicated, Uh, but we're going to have a fun one today. We're going to continue our positional series. We're going to get through the catcher position, which might be our easiest conversation yet. Uh, as we go through these. And then we're gonna have some Halloween fun by comparing rights players to Halloween candy. And I've got some really, really good uh answers from the Patreon uh screw. So <laughs> pretty excited for that. But Ben, we'll start with the World Series is now one game apiece between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. have the Diamondbacks put up a nine a nine burger yes, last night. Um I'll tell you what, man. I I haven't been a chance of watching as much baseball playoffs as like as I'd like to. Um, I also do admit that I like to take a little bit of a break. What up, Joey Goditza? good friend here. Also gave some solid answers that we're gonna read some of his off for our Reds candy Halloween comparisons. Um, you know, what we haven't seen in a while. We haven't seen Pat yeah. in a while. Where's Pat? Then? Yeah, Is he yeah. Mad at us?
1: I hope not. Maybe he's in the off season too. Maybe he's yeah. He's taking a little off season siesta.
0: Yeah, I hope I didn't offend Pat. So if anyone can reach out to Pat McGooch and just let him know we still love him and we'd love to see him back, um, we'd appreciate it. But back to the, the World Series at hand. Um, I know the whole conversation this week has been like this dumb thing, you know, the continued tribalism of to do or not to do within the Reds mm-hmm. fan base. But one thing that's really kind of sticking to me is when people are like, well, the Reds didn't have a Zach Gallen or a Corbin Carroll, and it's like, so don't try to make the playoffs because you don't have those guys. Is that right. what we're saying here? But whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, I really, really realized I missed. I did not I miss not having a stupid ghost runner. That freaking game one when Garcia <laughs> hits the walk off. Oh my god, it was so nice. It goes to the 11th, uh, any stupid, like random guy walking in the score to like end the game, yeah. Oh man, it was it was such yeah, a was, cool moment. Yeah,
1: that was dope. That was dope, and that was that was also um, a very very dope home run because I like it. like when you see him hit it, I like I'm like man, there's no way that's getting out. And I mean, it carried and carried. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty impressive. And that guy's been on fire in the playoffs. So
0: he was literally traded for a player to be named later by the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, ain't that wild?
0: <laughs> literally, yeah. In that wild? unbelievable oh man it's just so like the cardinals have had this and like i'm all for dogging on the cardinals that's not the theme of the show this week by any means it could be the theme every week for all i care um
1: <laughs>
0: but i just cannot believe just how many of these trades they've lost in like yeah. the last six years like basically besides goldschmidt and arenado every trade has sucked for them
1: yeah Randy and,
0: Rosarena, Zach Gallen. Yeah. Man. Yeah,
1: they've lost some pretty uh, well to them weren't key pieces but became key pieces to other teams. And usually um and, and it kind of trends with the way the team is now, right? I mean, you you trade away pieces, you're trying to think you're making a good move by trading away pieces. And now these guys have became uh very relevant, very um very good players for other teams and your team is kind of not very good right now. So, you know, is it due to the trades? And that's when we go back to the trade talk, right? Are you going to make your team better for now? Or are you playing for the future or what are you going to do? The trade game is a very, very uh, unique game. I mean, sometimes it works out great. You know, sometimes you, you trade and you're getting a guy that's going to be an absolute stud, but sometimes that game don't work. I mean, as you see with the Cardinals, they traded away some key pieces. In the last three to four years, they've traded away some key pieces for, you know, guys that have come to other teams and actually played really well. So, like, if they'd have stayed with the Cardinals, would well, they have matured as much as they did and done those things for the Cardinals or or not? I mean, Cardinals finished in the basement of the Central this year. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those games where you play that game and you hope that it works out. For them, it has not worked out so far, but you don't know. Um, how the draft picks or how the other other farm players that they got or whatever's going to work out. But, you know, for now it hasn't, it hasn't worked out very well for them.
0: No, it is not. And also you hate to see it.
1: (laughs) I can't say, I can't say that I, that it's a misfortune, but I can say, you know, it's a, uh, I I, I can't say that I'm not hurt by it. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 you know, They've had enough good times there in St. Louis That yeah. are misfortune. So, right to see them have some misfortune, it it, it kind of does my heart good.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I can see now. For some reason, my glasses are really fogged up. So we're back <laughs> on track here. Um,
1: you you're spit hot fire right now, you know Yeah, I mean?
0: that's right. That's right. Dylon, Dylon,
1: Dylon, <laughs> Dylon.
0: Exactly. Because a spit hot fire.
1: <laughs>
0: How much for audience do you think understands that reference?
1: Oh, you know what? I would say uh, I man, it's probably about 30% maybe. 30%? Yeah. I'd say it's fair. I, I think that's a, I think that's I think that's a fair.
0: Yeah. I think
1: it's fair. Yeah.
0: All right, so let's go ahead and continue our positional series. We're going to do the catcher position today, uh which is basically already set in stone for next season, but we are going to kind of dive into it. Um obviously not the best offensive duo that we expected, especially from one side of particularly this year. Uh but Tyler Stevenson, obviously in arbitration. So you suspect the Reds are leaning on him being back next year. Luke Mailey has already signed his mm-hmm. extension to be back on the team next season as well. Um, we've already talked about this, you know, a handful of times. And mm-hmm. when I explain when I show later what the catching free agent marks it goes, you're going to go. And if you don't know it already, you're going to go, okay, I get it. Um, <laughs> but this is kind of what you saw there. And uh, let's go ahead and get to start with Tyler Stevenson. Uh, can the Reds expect Tyler Stevenson to bounce back for 2024? Uh, this year, that 378 slugging was extremely disappointing. Uh, mm-hmm. 13 home runs, 56 runs batted in, 59 runs scored. Only a 696 OPS, uh, 87 OPS plus. He did catch 92 games. I uh, remember that at the beginning of the season, the game plan was that he was going to catch three games a week or something like that, and that was quickly went away.
1: Right. Um,
0: but history shows that this was just a blip in the radar for him. Um, his majority of you know, the majority of his career in the majors, when he's been on the field and playing, he's been a very good hitter. Um, I fully think that he'll bounce back next year. I'm not going to sit here and say like Tyler Stevenson's an all-star next year, That that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think he is more of that. 275, 280, 760 yeah. OPS kind of guy.
1: No, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that this was kind of a, um, It was just, like you said, a bump in the road for him as far as uh, his career. Um, I don't think that he was, uh, you know, I don't think that he was in a spot uh, as far as him as being comfortable all year. Um, I I think he struggled with that. Um, I know he had some injury issues as well. So, I I mean, I think that there's some things there that kind of played a role in that. Um, But I, I think that Tyler Stevenson, like you said, I think he's a consistent 275 to 280 hitter. Um, I think he's got more pop than what he's shown. I could see him hitting over twenty plus home runs um, and I could see him driving in uh, more runs um, as well. so I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that this is gonna be an issue. and like you said, um when you look at free agent catchers or you look at other catchers that are out in the market or you look at other catches that we could have, um, I, i'm o- I'm okay with leaning on Tyler Stevenson and giving him another opportunity this next year to prove that he's a better player than he was this past year.
0: I completely agree. Um, so, career-wise, 272 hitter. Look, yeah, he's had uh, four years in the big leagues, and granted, one of them was 2020, we played eight games. One of them was 2022, we played 50 games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He doesn't even have a 1,000 at-bats yet. He's got 998 still. Um, so, really? Yeah. This year was the most homers he's hit at 13. 2021, his last full season, he hit 10. Um, was really, really good that year. Yeah. Uh, had an OPS that year of, seven, of 797. You know, 2022 was 854. So I think, like you said, maybe just kind of getting comfortable again with his shoulder. And mm-hmm. um, I spoke with this when I was on lockdown a couple of weeks ago. We, our conversation was about the catchy role. And I think that just kind of getting comfortable again with using your shoulder. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, he played 50 games in 2022. Yep. Um, so getting, you know, getting that, I don't want to say like getting that consistent movement again, but still, I mean, I broke my column when I was like 10 and granted, I'm not a major league catcher, but I remember how many times, anytime someone got close to me, I went like this to kind of, yeah. So I can only imagine what it's like as a big league catcher.
1: Yeah. And, and, the, and the catching position is so physically demanding. Yes. Um, like, it, it's a lot, man. You're blocking balls. You're dropping down. You've got to read runners. You're trying to read pitchers. You're trying to keep up with strike counts, who's where, out, who. I mean, it, the catching position is so um, not only mentally straining, but it's also physically straining. So if you're not 100 percent or you're not and if you're not fully comfortable with your body after coming off a shoulder injury, um it 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 takes some time i mean that the i think shoulder rehab is probably by far the worst rehab that you can have as an adult i mean it's everybody person i've talked to that's had a shoulder injury has said it's the it's brutal so i mean it's it's getting comfortable with that again and getting comfortable with being in that position that's so physically demanding every single night or or you know Three out of or four. Well, I guess he's probably more four or five out of out of seven nights for him. So um, I don't think that that's the norm. I think a full off season will help him a ton. Um, I think that getting his body back to where he wants his body to be will help a ton. Um, and I think that having uh, and it's, this is going to sound weird, but I think having knowing that Luke Maley is going to be there, a consi- a guy who can consistently give you decent at bats when you need to take a day off helps because I think that it, that it gives you that opportunity to fully rest and know that the job's just not going to fall off because you have your, your backup playing that day. So all those things will kind of play into the, to him being a better player next year.
0: Here's why I still believe in Tyler Stevenson. All right. This is like a extremely small sample size blip on the radar kind of thing. So I know this could be used against me. Um, these are his numbers this year when he pinch hit. Mm -hmm. pretty solid 353 batting average 421 on base 824 slugging two home runs three runs batted in two walks now i'll be it very very short sample size but something's still there Mm -hmm. you know so i I still believe very much in him um i haven't i was trying to find his uh i know he was hitting lefties really really well for stretches this year um i think the reds as a whole were probably crushing lefties yeah, but,
1: uh, I can't believe you you threw out the under a thousand at bats for his career. I I had no idea. I thought he was. I thought he. had – But I, then again, he played eight games and then he got hurt last year. So I mean, like, yeah, that that makes sense. He's under a thousand at bats. I mean, that's that's that was kind of a shocking stat to me. I, I thought he had well over that, but that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um. I think defensively, we know what he is. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not expecting to go out there and be Pudge. No. Um. Mm-mm. But I think that there were stretches where he was pretty good behind the plate this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the best catcher at framing pitches, but I also think framing pitch, pitch framing should be illegal anyway. Uh, I don't know <laughs> how you feel about it. You can disagree with me, and I'm completely willing to hear your conversation about it. But I think it's the stupidest thing
1: when yeah, some like I, catches in are like, yeah, come on. I, I think it's there's an art form to it. Some people are really good at it, but when you see somebody that's not very good at it. Is when it gets ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, which like we're gonna talk about Luke Maylie here in a second. Um, but like Tyler Stevens when he like catches something up like in the top quarter and he like brings it in real quick. You're like,
1: yeah, buddy. Like, yep. And, uh, and that's and that's completely reactionary. We. As a catcher, you've been taught that since you were like five years old to frame pitches. So like right, even if it's way out of the zone, he's like, ah, it's still there. You're like, nah, nah, <laughs> we're good. It's off. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. But I, I I'm excited to see how he bounces back because I don't see yeah. the Reds trading for a catcher by any stretch and moving on from mm-hmm. him. So uh let's go to Luke Maley real quick. Obviously, you know when well, we point these numbers out, they're not necessarily the sexiest numbers. Mm-mm. But as a good friend, Joe Singh who hosts the Bengals show, likes to point out quite a bit: the fact that Luke Maley and Tyler Stevens had the same OPS plus is fascinating to me. Um, we talked about this obviously. Luke, as a backup catcher, as a defensive catcher. Has been is tremendous, and he's been mm-hmm. that way everywhere he's gone between Tampa, Cleveland, Toronto, and now here. I know he played for the Brewers for a short time and he hit really well in that small sample size he had mm-hmm. there. But this year was kind of one of those things where no, I'm not going to go in here and boast that he was this great hitter by any stretch. The numbers are here 235, 308, 391, 699 OPS, six homers, 25 runs batted in, did steal two bases. Local Luke with some, with some little wheels, actually, with some wheels. Yeah, I like it. Um, but seemed like his hits were always when they needed something, Mm -hmm. always when it was like a really big situation. I referenced a couple weeks ago, the Cleveland game when they were still in the playoff hunt, that first night, he had three hits, including a huge home run. Um, when the Reds really were still trying to get these wins to kind of still stay alive in the playoff chase, but there's things about him. I really love, I think he calls a great game. Obviously you can see when guys like Andrew Abbott had him behind the plate, just how comfortable they were with him. Mm -hmm. Um, I love his attitude. So there was that game this year where he threw that, the guy out ceiling second, and you heard him on the microphone go, you like that shit? You like that yeah. shit? <laughs> I do like that shit, local Luke. Yeah. I do like that shit. Uh, yeah. I dig that stuff, man. And yeah. I think that he's got the perfect, I mean, he's the perfect, I don't know. I don't say he's Crash Davis. but No, he's means. a
1: pro's pro, man. Yeah. Like, he's- He's a, he's a guy that goes out and he does he does his he does he's a pros pro. He goes out and does his work. He's very good at what he does, and he knows what he is. I mean he he knows that he's a guy that's backing up, uh, you know, backing up a starter. But he he's able to go in. He makes pitchers comfortable. He gets timely timely hits at timely times. He he um, he just does what he's supposed to do. Like he uh, the pitchers on the staff are very comfortable when they have him behind the plate, which is what yeah. you want. And the guys on the infield are comfortable when he's behind the plate because he's he's doing everything that you're asking him to do because he's a pro's pro. I, he's a guy that's a veteran. He's been a, in a lot of clubhouses and he's caught a lot of pitchers. So he knows he knows those things and those tricks to the trade that make people comfortable being around him. So I would like we we texted before. Like I was ecstatic when they signed him back. We too. I think that he is a. A good veteran catcher that knows his role. He's a he's a clubhouse leader. He's a guy that can you know can work with all types of pitchers because he's been all over. And and you could see it. The guys are comfortable with him behind the plate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I also, want to say what's up to Kylo who popped in the chat. What up, Red Hat Redheads? Good to see you, my friend. What's up? What up to you as well? Um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with him. Um, I love he's part of this team. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not expecting him to have some breakout offensive season next year by any stretch of the matter, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm just gonna say if the Reds have a no hitter again next year, I know who's most likely behind the plate when someone throws yeah. it. Um, yeah, I think Sonny Gray and Luke Malu make a great, great tandem. Right?
1: <laughs> I sure would, <laughs> yeah, right? You're not lying about that, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Minnesota, back off, okay? All right, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry no that Spencer Steer and Christian and ended up awesome. And you guys traded us to him for a guy who got injured, but back mm-hmm. off. Okay. We need him back. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Um, real quick, so it's touching it because it's on the on the pair. But what happens with the Kirk Casale option? So Kirk Casale has a mutual option for two and a half million for next year. Uh, if they decide to not no one's one of the two decides not to pick it up, the red Sox seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar buyout. Um, Kirk Casale only had eighty bats last year all season. His last game he had in a bat was June twenty fourth against the Braves, the night after. Yeah the 11 to 10 game. Right. Um I like Kirk Casale. I wasn't against bringing him in when the plan was what it was of uh, the mm-hmm. Stevens is going to catch a few games and he's going to play first base and he's going to DH. But when they went away from that there was no need for it. Right. Um well, we have these conversations every week about well why, you know, why shouldn't they keep Joey uh they carried three catchers. You know, we right. that's that's crazy. Uh which we're not going to get into that. Not right. not trying to trying to bring that in here, but I'm just saying there's no need to bring him back. And it's that thing against mm-hmm. him. I you know I think his first run with the Reds, he was really good for what he was, mm-hmm. uh, especially, you know, catching backing up Mesoraco. Um, You can see, you know, he's been a player. He's been a vet. He's been a player's player. He's been a pro everywhere he's been, whether it's Seattle, San Francisco here. Um, but I just, there's no need and All fill right. the roster spot for one of these other young dudes that you're super excited about. And, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yep. I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think that um, go ahead and buy him out and, and open up a roster spot for one of the studs that you want to bring up or or do whatever you need to do, but no need to carry three catchers.
0: Yeah. Buy out the roster spot for Teoscar Hernandez for next year. Okay? There you go. Yeah. We'd all like, like that. that. We'd yes. all like that. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the catcher organizational catcher death this year. Uh, for those who are watching along, I'll read the names off. It's a little hard to read on the on this slide, but for those who are listening, I guess you'll hear it too. Um, Dana Vellahan, Chucky e. Robinson. Chucky e. Robinson has been like the darling of like Reds media uh, minor league fans because he had a really good year in Louisville. Um, he might be a four A guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I I don't you know his first stint obviously in the majors obviously wasn't the most impressive on a. Mm-hmm. lost teams so you can't really hold that against them as well. Uh, Matthew Nelson the former Florida State catcher uh, caught for the Chattanooga this year so had a little bit of time to kind of get into that higher level. Probably I'd say the next guy up You know, I don't know what the future is for Eric Yang and Daniel Veloheen um, Kate Hunter, Logan Tanner obviously we're in Dayton this year for the Dragons uh, Connor Burns, Jackson Miller those guys are kind of doing some time as well with uh, Daytona uh, but the name everyone's excited about is Alfredo Duno. He was signed as a international free agent in January this year. Um, had a lot of really got people really excited, really impressed with him. But was p- spending most of his time in rookie ball this year or in the complex mm-hmm. league and things like that. So I think as excited as I am for the future of Alfredo Duno, it looks like we're probably three, four years away from Alfredo Duno. Yeah,
1: yeah, we've got some time. Yeah, we've got some time.
0: Um, Do want to point out? I can never get this guy's name right, but Michael Troutwein. Uh, I think it's a, it's the closest I'm going to get. Um, <laughs> is in the Arizona Fall League, yeah. current Reds catcher. But the depth isn't the sexiest. But what you're about to sh- what I'm about to show you is that is the catching position in baseball right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Tyler Stevens at this down year was a top ten hitting catcher in baseball. Still,
1: I yeah. mean. You know, there's no like. There, here's a question for you. What, what has happened to the to the catching position? Like, like I, I mean, of course, we all remember guys like Pudge, and you know, uh, there's some other really good catchers. Like, I wonder why that position has had such a drastic like drop off. Like, why? Offensively, we haven't seen like the, I guess, the offensive, ju- not really juggernaut, but offensive. Good players at the catcher position. I wonder what happened to that because it is the catcher position has come really like not really mediocre, but they're not. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. I don't know.
0: I'm with you, man. Um. Well, if you think about let's think about the 2010s. So Joe Mauer, Buster Posey. Yeah. When those guys started getting hurt, it was like, all right, you guys are going to play first base. Yeah. Um, and you know, you kind of saw that quite a bit. Um, you know, like. The- it was like a it's a weird I'm trying let me look real quick because I don't have it off the top of my head. I'm trying to figure out who the All-Star Game catchers were this year. MLB All Star Game 2023. So yes, I know the National League won. Don't care about that. That's not what I'm looking for. Um great, great content we have here right now. I know. Um
1: uh, all right. Oh, we're hey, we're on a search right now. Look, look.
0: Right, Sean so- Murphy. Sean Murphy's really, really good. Not upset about that. Yeah. For the Braves, started for the National League. Reserves were Elias Diaz and Will Smith. Good, good players. Will Smith was yeah. really good this year. I believe Elias Diaz might have been all-star game MVP, if I remember correctly. Um, And then... The, in the American
1: Mar- League was... South Jonah Wood Heim.
0: Perez and Jonah Heim. And Adley. Adley's phenomenal. And Adley. Adley's yeah. unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, that's what... That might be the six best catchers in baseball. And... Yeah. After those six, there is a drop off.
1: And Salvador Perez, yeah. two fifty five, two fifty five with twenty three home runs and a seven fourteen OPS. Like, like, <laughs>
0: <Do> you, yeah. <laughs> you get that Albert Pujols treatment to get elected to the All Star game, right? Like,
1: exactly.
0: You're a legend, so we're gonna let you in, right? Uh, and here,
1: I mean, and I know, I know, uh, Haim was hurt actually most of the year. Yeah. Uh a lot of the year, but I mean he batted two fifty-eight with a seven fifty-five OPS. I mean, eighteen home runs, ninety five ribbies but like I said, he was he was hurt a lot of the year too, because he was on my fantasy league team.
0: Yeah. So basically it's Adley Rutschman, and everybody Adley Rutschman, Sean Murphy, and everyone
1: else. And everybody else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No disrespect to Will Smith. He's very good. Uh, but he's just not on those guys' level by any yeah. of the matter. Um so which brings me to when people go like, well, how can you upgrade the position outside the organization? Um, you can't.
1: Yeah. So
0: here's the free agent catchers market this year. Mitch Carver, which what he's doing in the playoffs, I would bet more than imagine the Texas is going to bring him back. Right. Uh, Gary Sanchez, who pitched for three teams this year, no thanks. Austin <laughs> Hedges, we already have Luke Maley. Yeah. Yasmondi Grandal, no. Hmm. Uh Tom Murphy, Victor Caratini, Martín Maldonado. I'm good, fam. I'll I'll, I'll roll with what we got.
1: Yep, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree.
0: Just not a deep position. It's it's
1: not. It's not a very deep position.
0: Yeah, Um, but I think that if you're the Reds, and like I don't think like Sean Murphy is going to become available. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe they can swing something with the Rockies for Elias Diaz if they really do want to upgrade it, but how much better is he than Kyler Stevenson currently? I don't necessarily know if it's the the course effect. And I'm not saying he's not better. So for people it's like, if people want to like be like, you're crazy. That's not my intent. Um, let me pull him up real fast. Okay. Literally. Same power numbers. And he plays in Coors Field. Yeah. So um, granted, he did... Yeah, he had a 725 OPS. So that's definitely a little better uh, than what Stevenson did. But for his career, I mean, he's been worse than Stevenson, majority of his career. His time in Pittsburgh, he was not good at all. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, give me what we got. I'll roll with it. I agree. Yeah. I
1: agree. All
0: right. Well, Ben, it is our segment of the week. I just had to get some halloween i liked music. it
1: I'm, I'm i'm with it i'm so, with it
0: we're gonna do something very big here and something this is just the most important segment in the history of late night reds obviously <laughs> um comparing the reds players to halloween candy is going to be our theme for this week's big episode and i did get some great ones from our patreon fam that i can't wait to read um but i also want to kind of get our own in this as well so how this is going to work is i'm going to bring up a player on a slide. Okay. And ben and I are going to have a conversation about what candy would we say they are. Now, do we do a thing where like you go first, I go first? Do you it's like, and we rotate? How do you want to do this?
1: Uh, yeah, we'll we'll go. You go first, I go first, and then we'll rotate.
0: All right. And if you say you agree, if one of us says we agree, we'll keep it there.
1: Sounds so, perfect.
0: All right, and we're gonna start with Matt McLean. And
1: mm. for me,
0: Matt McLean's a good old solid Reese cup. Never lets okay. you down. Always solid. And you're never Mm. not in the mood to see it succeed.
1: You know what? It in that theory, I have the same thought. But to me, that is a Twix. Oh, never let you down. It's always good, and it comes through in the clutch. I like Matt McLean Twix bar for me.
0: Have you had the Twix bites yet from Papa John's? No. Game changer. game what? changer game changer
1: <laughs> twix bites. add that add that to the list of foods to eat this week
0: yeah so grace ordered papa john's tonight that's like a to surprise me and she was like by the I love way
1: papa john's by the way
0: yeah i did too i we got the yeah. jack-o'-lantern pizza so okay. solid yeah i nice. disappointed um so i dug it yeah I dug it. yeah good deal let me see. Do we have a Matt McLean in the Patreon group? Just to make sure I don't leave anyone out. Nope. All right. So we got our settled on our Matt Mcleans. I go Reese. Oh no, we did. Brandon Kamick, good friend of the show, says McLean is nerds, gummy clusters. New, came out of nowhere, and surprisingly good. So we went the chocolate route. Yeah, he we went the sweet route.
1: I, I like that. i
0: I'm not, I, like that. I don't disagree. They are very solid candy. So
1: yes, it is. Perfect. one of my that's that's top that's top three in my household
0: yeah nerd clusters uh fam loves it ball game. Ball game. all right Spencer Steer so you start this one off
1: mm, Spencer Steer for me to me Spencer Steer was a Butterfinger okay S- solid all the way around crunchy in the middle which means he's tough and just a good foundational solid candy bar.
0: Okay. I like it. I went with a kick hat
1: because Ooh, okay.
0: a kick hat you can break off into four different spots, right?
1: <laughs> I like that. Yes.
0: Spencer Shear played four positions this year.
1: Yes, he did. So yes, I like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, but I'm not disagreeing with yours. Sydney, good friend of the show, said Spencer Shear's a Reese's because you can always come back to it, and you know what you are getting.
1: There you go. I like that. That's
0: a good analogy. All right. Here's the the classic. Joey Votto. He's a Hershey bar. Hershey bar. Just a classic. Always reliable. Always delicious. Um, Has stood the test of time. Come on now.
1: My same reasoning, but I went snicker because it's. It's good and it's nutty in the middle. And
0: he's got a little bit of nutty in him.
1: <laughs> I love I love Joseph. And and Snicker Bar is a classic. Like it's it's to me is Snicker Bar to me is my absolute favorite candy Bar. But yeah, that's that's Joey Votto. He's a classic. I mean, he's got that sweet nougat in the middle, but he's got a little bit of nutty in him.
0: I like it. <laughs> I like it. Uh Timmy Albedness from our Patreon, which I'm really sorry if I don't say your last name correct there. Sir, uh, it says Joey Votto and Will Benson are nerds because they're so good at chess. Oh, there you go. I like it. I like it. This is gonna be a fun one. You get to start with, all right. Ellie uh, De La Cruz.
1: My man Ellie is probably my one of my favorites. He's a Sour Patch Kid, man. Multiple I had the past- same
0: thing! Did you yes? <laughs>
1: Duties. he's got multiple facets, multiple flavors. He gives you sour. He gives you sweet. Dude, Ellie De La Cruz is a Sour Patch kid all the way. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> he, was in the chat. She's at the FC game night, so that's not what she thought. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. She said, Ellie is Skittles. It's either amazing or trash. And my question to that is when are Skittles trash? Never. Never. Skittles always come through. Yes. I agree. (laughs) I agree. I agree. All right. So I get this one here to start out. Yes, sir. Hunter Green. Mm. This is a tough one. That is a tough one. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go with some Mike and Ikes. Because it's always bringing the heat, baby.
1: Oh, I see. I'm with you. And I went hot tamales.
0: Oh,
1: because oh. he's always bringing the heat, and it, oh, yeah, I, I went hot tamales.
0: I like that. So we were on
1: the same page. I mean, it's it's yeah. there. It's yeah. there.
0: Definitely on the same page there. So I definitely dig that one. All right. Who we got next? All right. Alexis Diaz.
1: <laughs> now, see me, Alexis Diaz, something that has always come through for me and is money is and it's one of my favorites A 100 grand bar baby oh he's always money baby <laughs> he's always money
0: <laughs> i like that that's good i went with the york peppermint patty because you know when you go to skyline Ooh. you finish your meal you go check yes. out it's sitting right there on the counter for you nothing Perfect. better to finish off than a york peppermint patty and alexis ds in the ninth inning
1: yes it is i like that <laughs>
0: I think you won that one, but <laughs> ah, that was
1: that's awesome.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to read some of the ones of players we didn't have listed because I do want to get to them because they're funny. Yes. Uh, Brandon Kamek, Derek Law and Buck Farmer, Almond Joy, and Mounds. They're terrible, but they always seem to be in the mix. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Kudos.
1: Kudos.
0: Good friend Joey Goditza. Ian Jubo is like a jawbreaker. Starts off sweet turns sour after the Canley shell is gone. And Then when you bite into it, it ends up hurting you a little. Yes, it does. <laughs> that's awesome. Fantastic. We got a couple from Rex Scott, good friend okay. Rex. Phil Castellina is a zero bar because that's how much regard and respect Reds fans have for him.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Rex right. Scott
0: also said, Angie Bo is the Hershey bar because you get one at every damn house when trick-or-treating. <laughs>
1: <It's> true
0: You <laughs> led the league in appearances this year. Um, Mike Perry says this offseason is payday because the Reds have plenty to spend in free agency. I like Amen. that, Mike. Amen. I like that. Yes. yes, so since Mike had that comment, we got to play. I hear uh, Dion's got to bring some, and must be the money of NIL money to Colorado Man, to get yeah, off the line.
1: Hey, listen, he better he better drop his own personal bank account on some offensive linemen. He wants <sighs> to keep his kid upright. Was say, that, was, that, that was a massacre.
0: Yes, it was. Um, Joey Gaditza again. Luke Weaver was like a tootsie rule it's a last resort and isn't very good. <laughs>
1: Touche,
0: touche. Yeah. we got a couple on Twitter from our good friend, good good friend, John Elsky, who says, oh, "We gotta find it again. Where is it? Some bitch. I had it for. Come on now, phone really let me down. <laughs> uh, I'm in the wrong account. That's why. God, don't run three Twitter accounts, people.
1: Dude, it's hard.
0: Yeah. So." He says, Luke Weaver was the apple that your parents made you take from the nice lady down the street, but you threw it away four months later. (laughs) That's fantastic. That's awesome. And he ended it, and I think this is the perfect place to end it. Ricky Karcher was the mystery warhead.
1: Yes! (laughs) Oh my god! You, you win, sir. You win. That, that was awesome. That well, was
0: awesome. That was a fun segment, actually. That was yes, a blast. Was. I'm so glad we did that. So we got like, we're like way under time. So we'll obviously cut this early today. Um, yeah. But we have time for me to ask you this important question, because I know yeah. I've known you for a long time. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm lucky to say that you're one of my best friends. You've been there for all of my major moments in my life. Absolutely. So me knowing you very well, I can ask you this. Mm-hmm. What day is it acceptable to put your Christmas decorations up?
1: Oh, ooh, ooh. now listen here. Now I'm, I'm going to go. This is a long, I'm, I got to make this story short, but it's long, but it's short. So one, my wife decides all that now. So I you, well, as you know, as a married man, you will mm-hmm. stop deciding, making those decisions. and You will be told when your stuff goes up. Mm-hmm. So when I first... When we first got married, it was it had to be after Thanksgiving because I was like, all all holidays get their due respect, blah, blah, blah. As the years have gone by, that day is starting to become closer and closer to Halloween. Now, I won't put it up before Halloween, but I would be shocked if my wife doesn't pull our Christmas stuff out the first week of November. I am. That, yeah, that's. So Halloween will end this Tuesday. I would say. Well, she's got to go out of town this weekend, but I would say by the next next Monday or Tuesday, I will be pulling Christmas boxes out of my basement.
0: No doubt. Yeah. So I put mine up the first week of November every year, and for people to say like, "Why you're crazy?" Um, with all the college basketball coverage I was doing there mm-hmm. in like eighteen and nineteen when I was like gone for i wasn't home four nights a week mm-hmm. i had it up for just when i was home i could put it on i could sit in my house i can enjoy yep. it so obviously this year i've significantly cut down my schedule thankfully we brought people on who can help with that with that schedule but i'm still putting it up probably this week this upcoming weekend yeah um, now that grace is working again you know we're not we're both not as home as much so it's like one of the right. few guys are both gonna be home together so yep. you know yep. you've got the extra hands around the house. Yep, yep. Uh, no, I, no. Yeah, it's.
1: And I'll tell you what too. Um, you know, with with you now having a daughter, and and having kids, like being able to set up Christmas stuff for a longer period of time becomes more important because the kids love it. I mean, they, yeah. You know what I mean? The tree is up, you know what I mean? We start putting gifts out like one or two at a time, kind of from us. Then, you know, it, it's, it's, it's good, man. It, it's good for the, it's good for the soul. It's good for your kids. They have fun with it. And like I said, my wife, she's, she would put it out today if she could, she was like, yeah, I'd put it out today. So yeah.
0: I, uh, I would the same way as, as your wife. So yeah. All right. Other question and I promise we'll, we'll wrap up from here. Oh no, no, no. When is the acceptable time to play Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You" for the first time in the season? <laughs>
1: oh, um, I it'll that one will come out the probably the week of Thanksgiving. That's when I'll first flip on the dial for all my Christmas music. So it'll it'll be leading up. So like the 18th, 19th, somewhere in there is when we'll start kicking. Chris, and I'll listen to Christmas music from. That day until January 1st, like I yep. that's all I'll listen to.
0: Yep, I get the Christmas vinyls out yep. right away. <laughs> Can't wait, dude. I got uh, them all
1: my Jackson Five Christmas. Oh, dude, Right, carry Christmas, Carrie Underwood. I got them all, man. I got them all lined up, ready to roll.
0: Yeah, that'll be that would be a fun draft episode we should do during the holiday oh. because you know, our Christmas, our favorite Christmas albums.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to go ahead and mark that down. That's going to be one of that'll be that'll be a good one because there are some good, sneakily good Christmas albums out that yeah. people probably have not even listened to or heard that are really good.
0: Shout out the goat Bing Crosby. Yeah.
1: Yes, um, that is. That's a phenomenal one. Nat King Cole's another one. That's a phenomenal Christmas. album. The
0: legend Darlene Love.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. There are some one. great ones out there. Yeah.
0: But with that being said, we probably should go ahead before we get out of here <laughs> and wrap up this week's edition of Late Night Reds. Uh, next week, we do dive into the first base uh, conversation, and I'll tell you, I don't know if I've dreaded doing one more than that, because I know what the reaction is going to
1: be. Dude, you already know. Oh, well, wait, dread two weeks. We're off. Two weeks, week. two weeks, two weeks. Yeah, we're yeah. off next week. yeah. So two weeks, yeah, we'll, but we'll have two weeks to dread it.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Looking forward to it.
1: So we can marinate on it for next week.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, here's what's going on this week around the riverfront. Uh, so if you are checking out front, you, obviously, myself, Ryan Roberts, we're all doing some great work over there. Um, last Friday's uh, NBA Friday was really, really fun. Uh, our flashback was diving into Magic Johnson's return in 96. And we did our all-time basketball video game draft, which is a really, really fun segment. Uh, this week coming up, our flashback segment is going to be when Shaq got traded to the Heat. Cannot wait to dive into like everything that happened then, cool. and our draft is going to be the all-time goat's draft. So try to draft ooh. your all-time starting five.
1: Ooh, ooh, hmm. Yeah. That'll be fire.
0: You want to come through Thursday before? I know you got a game Friday, but
1: i was going to say. I'll have to check my schedule, dude. I may, I may, I may pop on. Nate's trying to pop, pop on
0: too. We might, we yeah. might have to go all out here. We may, I may pop on on that one. Perfect. Um, And then tomorrow, actually, well, the day that this is going up, if you're listening to some of the podcast feed, uh, if you're, please subscribe to Front. you. I have an awesome, awesome interview. I did with uh, my friend, Miami of Ohio head basketball coach, Travis Steele. We talk all about Miami of Ohio and their upcoming season. Um, I didn't get into any Xavier conversation because I didn't think it was necessary, Yeah, but Trav's a great dude. One of my favorite humans in the world that I get to chop it up with. So really fun there. Uh, check out Joey. I mean, check out Joe Farsing and Greg Neiman over on the road from Bengals show celebrating the Bengals on a three-game win streak Tell after what, taking care of business in San Fran today. You know who somebody got healthy? Woohoo! Somebody got healthy. But he was it's... scrambling
1: dude. He was scrambling, running around, talking mess. It would, mm-hmm. Dude, it would, You could see the swagger just come back to him. You're like, yep. Yep. Somebody's healthy. <laughs> Shice
0: is back. Shice yep. Is back. Yep. He sure yeah. is. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, every Friday, check out The Riverfront with Chad and Nate here on this particular feed. Uh, Chad had our friend Bill Lack, the godfather, on this week. Oh, and yeah. They had a really, really fun show. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, but We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks, everyone. For contributing and hanging out uh we always love the interactions here like we said we won't be here next week we're gonna enjoy ben- bills bill Sunday then football but the week after we'll be back uh that will be november 12th yep. is when we'll be back on the air so thank you guys have a good night and we will see you all very soon vacation starts with va whether you're feeling beachy mountainy or every E in between. You'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org.